it was an explosion of signs. I felt like I was in Times Square, right? I'm Rachel Silverstein, the new host of Office Hours. This week, we sat down with Marcela Fuentes, a professor in the Performance Studies Department. Her research focuses on performance as a tool for activism, both online and offline. We wanted to get her take on last week's counter-inauguration protests and the women's marches around the world. Professor Fuentes was one of the estimated 250,000 people to attend the Women's March of Chicago. Yeah, I was very happy to go. It's my second protest, actually, in Chicago. The first one was the immigrant rights uh, protest. Uh, so for me, it's strange, right? Because it's like in Argentina, it's much more about political parties and social organizations. So it's like a couple of banners and then a lot of people, right? Here, is, it was an explosion of signs. So it, I felt like I was in Times Square, right? But that en- enabled me to see all the different uh, positionalities, right? Like I know the organization asked people to, to have very concrete demands in their signs and positive, constructive legends, to put it some way. So I like to see the variety of claims. I thought it was important. I was like, let me enjoy it for a minute because the moment I got home, there were all these criticisms, you know. I have goosebumps uh, thinking, you know, because I see you and I think there were young women, there were kids, you know, like kids with signs saying, I'm watching. Uh, If you build a wall, I'll destroy it. It was truly intergenerational as well, right? We wanted to know what Professor Fuentes thought the intended purpose of the worldwide protests were. First, the, the, the role of the protest was kind of cathartic, right? I felt it like waking up on Friday, I was completely depressed. I could feel it in my eyelids. And Saturday, I woke up differently. So for me, it's like basically taking a stance kind of reclaiming these terms, nasty woman, bad hombres, grab pussy. There was a lot of like reclaiming uh, and, and talking back to power. You know, one, one important thing that protest does, I think, is like stop the normalization, you know? So it shows that people, that we're ready to resist. And this is very important. Despite its popularity, the Women's March drew a lot of criticism. Many felt the movement catered specifically to white feminism and ignored the issues facing women of color and transgender and non-binary people. First, yes, the category of woman, you need to think intersectionally. That's right on. I think it's a super valid claim. And I I was interested when I uh, started seeing what was happening on social media, how people who had not even gone could make a claim, could, could be part of the anti or counter protest or like um, improving how we think about the problematic of the category of women, right? Um, with this feminism of Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> so I saw the, the claims about the lack of intersectionality or the need of thinking intersectionally. I think uh, we have to also take a moment to really see that uh, this protest could be pitched against a Black Lives Matter protest, right? Like when you see a Black Lives Matter protest and many other protests, people coming together is very threatening to power because because the crowd, it's about, it's open, right? You don't know what may happen. And I think that part of that was managed by the organizers of the march, saying, bring positive signs. It was always... Don't don't step on the on the grass, and so in a way I was expecting the media to kind of not cover it because I was used to the other stuff, 
So we have to take a minute also because you don't want your protest to be sort of like sanitized, right? So it's both things are bad, to be vilified and to be sanitized. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, we have to be careful with the fact of kind of highlighting the fact that it was peaceful. But it's like, you know, you have to also consider there were a lot of uh, white people, women, families, so it's, it's sort of this idea of the protection of the white woman that is problematic. Considering the type of bodies that were there, I would expect that, that the police would be kind of respectful, you know? As opposed to the famous protests of the 1960s, social media and the internet can be a big part of protests today. We asked Professor Fuentes whether social media is a game changer for protests or if it's just a distraction. I believe in, in online as always in connection with, with the streets. Okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do a strike. Immediately they are like, let's go on Facebook, everybody tweet, what's the hashtag, you know? Scholars agree that uh, online media is more effective when combined. I think it's a good compliment, but yeah, again, it should not be the only thing. And uh, in the elections, this echo chamber effect that made us believe that we were fine. <laughs> so it was a trap. So I would say use it and be aware that you are being used as well. Social media is more for like, you know, gut reactions and, and, and ephemeral moments rather than sustaining movements, perhaps. Social media in that ephemerality that is shared with performance has the same process promise, promise of coming back. So when a hashtag becomes sort of like obsolete, like I'm with her, uh, you have a return. It's like, I'm still with her, right? Or I'm with her and the, the arrows go in, in every direction. So it's like, that sign is amazing. It's like from a political representative to a collective, right? And so there is a lot of feedback loop between online and offline. And also this, you know, sort of like rhythm of falling and coming back again, you know, but with a different message or a more nuanced message or a message that is, you know, internationalized, for example. So what comes next? This is a major demonstration of solidarity and dissent, but what will it mean for the next four years of the Trump administration? How can we take it to a different step in which the march itself can become a spark for us talking about issues or saying, you know what, yes, but also, I think that um, we need to assess the nature of power. You know, I read something online today uh, by this uh, woman, a, a queer woman of color, and she said, this is a totally different understanding of power, right? It's like uh, the cabinet, how it's shaping up. It's already clear that we're not sure how much they will listen, right? So even, you know, the whole post-truth, uh, alternative facts situation, the, the contestation about the numbers, how much, the, how much power, how much the government, how much, you know, powers that be pay attention to the demands of the protests, that's a contested place. The Women's March organizers addressed the question of what now when they released their 10 actions for a 100 days campaign. If this is something that matters to you, take a stand. And whatever your politics are, now is an important time to be an engaged citizen. Thanks for listening to Off Sours. I'm Rachel Silverstein, replacing the recently graduated Maddie Fox as host. My producer is Isabel Robertson. The editor of the audio desk is Corey Mueller. And the editor-in-chief is Julia Jacobs. <laughs>